Hello and welcome to another edition of the South Coast Footballholic Podcast. Uh, first up in this segment, we're without, without our regular co-host, Jared Pollard, but I am joined by Bulleye Centre Forward, Ben McDonald. How are you going, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, Jordan. Uh, thanks for having us on today. No worries. And also joined by uh, Tarawana defender, Dan Chapman. Dan, how have you been? Good, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Uh, in this segment of the podcast, we'll be running through a review of both Bulleye versus Wollongong Olympic from the weekend and also Tarawana's victory over South Coast United at Ian McLennan Park. Both of these players that we have on the show today were involved in the in the games I just mentioned. So firstly to Ben, uh, obviously a, a two-all draw with Wollongong Olympic. Firstly, mate, how did you see the game? Uh, it, was, it was one of those games, it really could have gone either way. Uh, Olympics certainly come off, come out of the blocks pretty quickly. Um, I think they were two goals up and luckily enough, we got a goal through Luki Van Zyl, a really good goal through him. Um, and the longer the game went on, the, the more we were in it and probably could have won it towards the end, but it really could have gone either way. You alluded to it just then. Obviously, you went down to, we went down two goals to nil, but arguably probably could have won the game. Obviously, I'm thinking of a, Luke Van Zyl had a really good chance at the end, which Justin Passfield saved. Obviously, he probably could have won that game. Yeah, for sure. We Both teams had chances. Um, There's probably one I should have shot, but I crossed it. Uh, you know, a couple other... Um, half chances up the front there and you know on another day we would have won but Olympic will say the same thing they had plenty of chances too Just on Luke, what's it like playing with him obviously a new addition to the Bulleye squad, uh, probably your, arguably maybe your man of the match on the weekend with a, a stunning goal and of course assisted your uh, equalising goal what's it been like having him in the, uh, in the squad and does he provide a sort of a different dynamic to the Bulleye side? Yeah, Luke's been great. Uh, it's been a really good pickup for us. He's fast. He's direct. Uh, he's got a great foot on him. Great left shot on him. Great left foot shot on him. Um, and he's always he's a constant threat up there. So it's been a really good start for him. And we hope he can keep progressing and keep doing well. Obviously, the game on the weekend I was there was was quite intense, as you would expect in a Bulleye versus Olympic clash, to, sort of a top of the table clash, if you will. Does a game like that sort of showcase that, despite the season's been halved in, in the exact sense of the word. Do you think that it shows that it means everything to the players, coaches and fans alike? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, once once the whistle's gone and the ball's rolling, you're not out there to, to pick flowers or anything. So everyone's going to still be given 100%. Um, whether there's an asterisk next to the, the this season or not, then no one is really going to look at that while you're playing. Um, everyone still wants to win and everyone still wants to be competitive. And just moving to yourself, Dan, obviously Tarawana getting up over South Coast United on the weekend. You did manage to get yourself on the score sheet early on, which is a bit of a rarity for you. How did, uh, how did yeah, that come about? Miracles can happen. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it, was the, it was only two minutes in, I think, and we had a corner. And actually the two blokes in front of me jumped up for a header and completely missed it. And I don't think I headed it. I think it just hit me in the head and went in. Uh, but I'll take it. I'll claim it. So, yeah, nice to get on the score sheet. And... Yeah, I think we dominated probably the first so. Um, we were up by two. We probably could have had a couple more. And then South Coast um, got a goal. And then from then on, it was probably them in the first half um, who had the chances. And I thought the second half was pretty even and just more of a battle, really. Um, both teams probably had chances. South Coast had a few chances at the very end. Um, but, yeah, we we're, were pleased to come over the win. In terms of playing South Coast United, they've had a couple of injuries of late, and in particular on the weekend, they were missing their player coach, uh, Greg Valich. Do you think that their, a slight reshuffle of their lineup uh, disrupted their play, or do you think it was more a fact of you guys, Tarawana, playing your own game and, and being the better side? Um, I'd say, I'd say they're, um, you know, the people that they had missing probably made an impact. Um, it's always hard when you can't put the same team out there two weeks in a row. Um, but in saying that, you know, we had our captain, Mitch Ferraro, was out. We've had Lloydie out. Benny Learmonth was out. So we had a few players out as well in an already um, already really young team. So it was pleasing that the boys that came in were able to do the job as well. And, yeah, it was nice because, um, like I said, the, the, we've got a lot of young players, but all the boys who are stepping in to do the job are doing really well. And you, you've alluded to it there, the young players like Mitch Ferraro, your skipper, and of course, Ben Learmonth, uh, Nick Tomasello, Caleb Grace. There's a few young players in that side. And Tarawana have probably been, uh, I guess, 
noted this season for having one of the more, more youthful sides in the league. Do you find yourself, obviously, being a bit of a, a mentor and experienced player for those kind of players, get, uh, sort of breeding them through, in a sense, uh, to while they're making more IPL first-grade appearances? Yeah, I think so. Definitely this year. I've never really seen myself as a leader before, but I guess this year I've sort of just stepped into that naturally because of how young the team is. Um, so there's a few of us in the in the back line who have been playing the league for a while. And then basically in front of that, it's it's our front six is all younger guys. So it's been, um, I guess it's taken the pressure off our team this year a little bit because no one has really expected us um, to win too many games. So um, it's taken the pressure off us. It's taken the pressure off the young boys that they can go out there and just have a go. And um, yeah, they've been really impressive. Some of them are guns. Um, the front three, I think on the weekend was 16, 17 and 20. So um, yeah, it's been really good to see them go and, you know, they work really hard in training and they listen to us as well, which is good. So yeah, I've been really impressed and I'm really enjoying the season actually, just because I feel like in a way the pressure is off. So it gives us a bit more freedom. And obviously your captain Mitch Ferraro was missing on the weekend. How do you think he settled down in his role as skipper? He's been uh, sort of in the role since the start of this season. Uh, how do you think he's fared so far? And when will we, when will you expect to, uh, I don't know if you know, but when will you expect to see him back in the uh, 11? Yeah, he's, he's been awesome. He's one of those players that um, he just leads by example. So he'll get stuck in every week. He's, he um, goes for the full 90 minutes. So he, even though he's young himself and he's only, it's only his second year in this league, he just leads by the way that he plays. So um, us older boys that have been playing in this comp for a while, we're, we're happy to have him as captain and get behind him because he, he does a job every week on the field. He's trained, he trained on Tuesday night. So not sure how he's going to go for this weekend, but see how we go. And we'll move now into a preview. Obviously, both of your sides are playing each other on the weekend. Bullo versus Tarawana at Balls Paddock on Saturday at 2.30pm. Moving to you, Ben, I, I sort of wanted to ask you about the, se the second half against Wollongong Olympic. You showed that you're one of the most electrifying, if not the most electrifying side in terms of attack in the league. Do you think that that will be the, the game plan against Tarawana, sort of uh, trying to play a quick tempo style um, and catch Tarawana out defensively? Uh, yeah, look, we're definitely not going to go back and defend. I think um, we're an attacking team and we, we always try to be that way. Um, we know that Tarawana are going to be quality and they're always up against it, especially against Bulleye. Um, they're a good club and a, a good team. I'm sure Pete will have them ready, but... Um, we're going to focus on ourselves and play our game and look forward to a good game against Tara on, on Saturday. And Dan, to you, sort of a, a similar question. How do you think your side will set up? Uh, obviously, some inexperienced players, as we mentioned earlier. How do you think that uh, your side and Peter Willis will set up against uh, Bulleye? Was it probably, I can see it being a game where two sides playing a similar sort of format. Is that the way you sort of see it? Yeah, I think similar to what Benny said, I don't think we'll really talk about Bullard too much. We obviously know they're a really good team. They're one of the top teams. Um, and having played them a lot of times, when they get on a roll, they're really hard to stop. So uh, they can do, but I guess in saying that, we'll just try and worry about us and how we set up, uh, make sure we're organised. And, you know, like you said, with the young boys, um, I, I guess in a way that means they, they, won't, they don't really fear anything. So we'll be going out there to win. We're, um, yeah, we're keen as and looking forward to it. And Ben, to you, obviously, last weekend against Olympic, went down two goals, a bit of a slow start. Encouraging second half, but initially the slow start. Is, has Julio Miranda said anything in training about that? Or is there something that in training that's uh, been adjusted sort of to make sure that you boys are ready for the game against Tarawana on the weekend? I think um, the preparation for that game uh, was always going to be tough, all the wet weather and whatnot we had. So I think, in a way, a slow start wasn't um, unexpected in as funny as that might sound. Um, we knew that our fitness and our strengths would come out in the second half and we backed ourselves to keep fighting to the end, no matter what. Um, it's something we need to rectify and uh, I'm sure we'll be able to do it this weekend. And to you, Dan, I wanted to ask you, has there been a, a, wink, a weak link, I guess, in this bull side that you've notified that you guys can exploit for this weekend or is it more, more or less backing your system and getting the job done that sort of way? 
Yeah, I haven't actually seen um, Bulleye play. I've just been hearing what people are saying. Um, from looking at the team sheet and knowing a lot of the boys that play there, I don't. I wouldn't say there's a weak link there. Um, again, yeah, we won't really be looking at at their side. We'll just be focusing on us and yeah, um, you know, trying to get well set up, like I said, and making sure we're ready to go. Well, Dan and Ben, thanks so much for joining me for the first segment of the South Coast Footballholic podcast. Uh, good luck to both of you on the weekend. Thank you very much. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Jordan. Now, one thing I do want to say is that everyone keeps saying how young Tarawana is, but I think Matty Naylor brings the average age up to <laughs> around 30. Yeah, he, he averages it out a bit, yeah. I think the whole back line averages it out a little bit, but yeah. How old are you, What's Dan? Matty? I'm 27. I think Matty's 54. <laughs> is that it? I bet he's still one of the fittest there as well. 400 IPL appearances to his name. <laughs> yeah. still going. He's still Not bombing like on Matty. down that right, right wing. Yeah. Well, anyway, boys, thanks for that. And uh, join us for the next segment of the South Coast Footballholic Podcast where we're joined by Jared Pollard again and we'll be uh, previewing, and, well, reviewing the previous round and previewing round five of the Illawarra Premier League. Hello again, I'm back. Jordan thought he could take that interview on his own and he did quite well, so well done to him. We're moving on now to Cringilla and Coniston who played over the weekend. Two all draw, Coniston did start quite well but there was a good fight back from Cringilla in the end. Obviously, like you said, no surprises that Piroz and Simonovsky were on the score sheet. And you did say a bit earlier that we do seem to lift them a little bit to Crinny's major hopes this season but they are the ones providing along with Tobias Norble. Yeah, it's it, as I sort of suggested. It's it's and as we have suggested in previous weeks, it's not too. It, it, it gets a bit repetitive, doesn't it? Talking about mm. Pires and Simonovsky as the main outlets, but as the weekend game against uh, Coniston show, they're the two on the score sheet, and they're obviously two of the big danger points. Obviously, Norville as well. Um, but look, uh, good fight back from Cringilla in that one. I think uh, Coniston would have would have had a lot of confidence in the first half, in particular, getting out to a. A flying start uh, and to score a couple of goals after their last outing against Bulleye losing 5-1. Look, I, th- I think the second half, obviously, they've got to be very disappointed in it, but uh, and it probably shows that they're maybe lacking that little bit of confidence at the moment. And We sort of alluded to at the start of the season that Coniston could have a very successful season, but they need to make sure that uh, massive or any potential massive result, i.e. the one against uh, Bulleye doesn't affect their season, so they definitely uh, need to, I guess, hold out when games like that, and uh, that will put them in good stead to uh, be involved in that top five uh, fight. But uh, look, I think all in all, the the good fight well, it was a good fight shown by Cringilla. Obviously, at Korean Park, I don't think that the ground would have suited Econison's, uh style, I guess you could say. So it's um, would have been a very Interesting contest, no, uh, no doubt, definitely in that second half when uh, Cringilla were coming back uh, firing with, from all cylinders. I don't think Connors will be too upset with that, though. They were missing the likes of Kayano at the back, who was a big force in their back line. Look, it's... Yeah, I think, um, and I th- we'll touch on this in the uh, preview of, of round five of the IPL, I think having Kayo, uh, Kayano sorry, at the... Uh, Missing from the from the back is, is Chaos, a streaming service. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, having him missing is a, is a massive loss, and I, I think that having him back for potential fixtures will be a massive help in terms of Coniston getting uh, three points in games such as these. They will feel they should have won this game at the at the end of the day. So, look, I, I think having him back for the next few weeks, well, for, obviously from this week, uh, hopefully for the rest of the season for them, uh, it'll be a positive for them. It'd be interesting to see what happens with the Congella. They've had two draws out of their three games, and obviously, by their, by their, from their perspective, it was a bit of a shock going down to Winuna. But yeah, they are still looking for a first, their first win. But hopefully, it is coming a bit soon. They got two draws against two sides who are fighting for the top five, so it's not all doom and gloom for the Congella Lions. Belambi and Winuna, which was meant to go ahead on Saturday, unfortunately was washed out. Elizabeth Park deemed not safe enough to play. bit spongy, that ground. I can see it not holding up too well after wet weather. But the shock of the round, Port Campbell won, Albion Park nil. Credit to Port, though. 
they have had their critics over the last month or so, obviously having the coaching changes, struggling a bit, you know, haven't had a win since the restart, I believe it was, until now, but good fight, they're now off the foot of the ladder, and the only way is up for them now. Yeah, fair play to Port Kembla, we've uh, a lot of media outlets in the South Coast region have tipped them to finish down the bottom, obviously after losing their head coach Steve Dimitrescu just on the eve of the season, but... Fair play to Rob Davies. He's, uh, from all accounts, I was listening to Nathan Belsito on the IPL Informer uh, podcast uh, a little earlier, and he was saying that the the club culture that Rob Davies has, has created in just a, a short number of weeks has, has been sensational. Um, there's a lot of positivity around the club, despite the fact that they haven't had the best results so far. But results like this, like a massive shock. No one picked them against the White Eagles. Uh, look, they showed a lot of a good fight again, and obviously the... Goal, the long-range strike from Di Petro uh, was probably not the cleanest goal he'll ever score. A bit of a goalkeeping error, but look, they got it. They've got it. They all count, so to speak. But obviously, Port Kembla had their chances. Had more chances than this one as well. Obviously, Turi Muzumechi put a couple of chances, uh, or could have put a couple of chances away rather. So it could have been more than one. But in saying that, I think. Uh, Albion Park will be very disappointed, and these are the type of games they need to win if they're going to yeah. fight for finals and football. They've got a big game this weekend against Coromel, which uh, going into that game off the back of a loss isn't going to do them much good, but uh, it doesn't seem like they've been able to play their best eleven just yet, which is disappointing because they do have a good side. You did touch on that earlier, Jordan. Yeah, I think just with Albion Park, they've uh, obviously got, we've mentioned it before, we've alluded to it a lot of times, they have a quality, a quality side in it. And quality squad, but um, and you can see that by there's some big names that they're dropping into their reserve grade team each week. So obviously there's a, a lot of competition for spots in that first team. But look, and that's not to say that they were outplayed in this poor game. That's not to say that at all. They had a, a few good chances. Obviously the one that sticks out from my mind is uh, Jordan Nikoloski had a very good a chance, but was saved. Um, and it was quite an open game. Uh, obviously straight after Port scored, White Eagles had to go on the offensive and and get a goal back, which they didn't do. But, look, I, I don't think it's, you know, the it, it on paper it seems like a very poor result for Albion Park, but they did play some good stuff. And I do honestly think that they will still be playing finals football this season. But um, just results like these make it very disappointing for for the side, that, for a side that have such a strong team and are trying to, to play finals football. And it, it'll be disappointing considering the squad that they have at their disposal at the moment. Can they bounce back quickly this weekend? Oh, of course they can. I would, wouldn't write a quality side like Albion Park White Eagles off, and we'll get to that a bit later in the in the preview, but I, I definitely think the side they're playing, Coromel, are having a few struggles in terms of injuries and suspensions for this weekend. So, look, they can definitely come. They can definitely beat Coromel this weekend, and if they beat Coromel this weekend, then no one's talking about this Port Candler result. So it's there's uh, a lot to look forward to if they get a win this weekend. Yes. Speaking of Coromel, they unfortunately went down 2-0 to Wollongong United at E. McLennan Park on Sunday afternoon. A windy E. McLennan Park, may I add. Hikaru Kawasaki up with a double and a Japanese link-up for the first goal for United. There was a defensive mishap for the second, but perhaps the biggest story of the contest, the injury of Van Elia, hopefully not too serious. Yeah, Van Elia uh, hobbling off. I believe it was in the, about the 68th minute, I believe it was. Um, obviously, he's had a massive impact on the IPL, but Coromel in particular over a number of seasons. Uh, so to lose him would be a massive blow. I was talking to head coach Rog Jovanovski yesterday, and he was saying that it's a, a heel injury that Van has, which is a bit of a tricky one. Um, so we could be seeing him out for a few weeks, I think, which would be a massive uh, dent to uh, Coromel in terms of uh, their goal-scoring prowess. But they how, do have... How many weeks are they talking about? Potentially... Well, they don't. They don't know the exact figure yet. It's meant to be. It's still got to be looked at. But I'm going to suggest maybe two or three weeks. I reckon. Mm, that's um, to about round seven. That's leaves with only four games to play after that. So look, it's very tough for them. Obviously, you've got players that can fill that void. Um, but look, Coromel being slightly slow starters this season. But in saying that, the, this game against Wollongong United, there was they had a lot of chances, and I know that the result reads two 0 United, and obviously United had good chances as well, but. Coromel definitely could have scored a few, so I I, I think the the Wollongong United's first goal was 
in the first few minutes and the second goal was a bit of a defensive uh, miscommunication, I'd say, with the goalkeeper. So, look, I, I don't think it's all similar to Albion Park. Like I was just saying, it's not the end of the world sort of thing and it definitely makes for a very interesting game at Kymal versus Albion Park this weekend. But, look, in terms of Wollongong United, they seem to be sort of not... I don't want to say they're flying under the radar because they're one of the biggest clubs in the league. But, look, they've only lost once in the league. They've got a Burt Bampton Cup final appearance to look forward to. I think a frat cup under the belt. A frat cup under their belt already. I just think that they are doing very well. and um, So, hopefully, Wollongong United... Uh, Keep up this run of form, and uh, hopefully for them, I should say. And look, they seem to be maybe the slight uh, the slight favourites at the moment. Uh, obviously, no one at Wollongong United like me saying that, but they are definitely uh, building something towards something. It seems at the moment. And like you said, they do have a Burt Bampton Cup coming up in a couple of weeks. An interesting little uh, coincidence, which is supposed at the moment schedule wise, is happening in a couple of weeks. United are meant to be playing Bullions on the 5th of September on the Saturday in the league. And at the moment, they're meant to be playing Bullions Sunday the 6th of September in the Bearpin Cup final. It'll be an interesting weekend. What, you, what was the dates? Did you say a day after the other? Day after the other. So oh. the weekend, they're playing each other twice at this stage. Somehow, I think that might be changed. That might be changed. I don't know. Yeah. It, they'll have to play the Resis one day and the, and the first grade the other day. Pick which one. No, I think... Yeah, that'll. I think they'll definitely be addressed. I, I think if that was to stay, that would be a little bit uh, irresponsible, perhaps. Um, yeah, look. Um, but in saying that, that definitely happens all the time in terms of playing teams a couple of days after the other in cups and and uh, league forms in in other leagues around the world. But I don't think one day after the other is the most appropriate way to do it. Definitely not. We'll continue with Wollongong United. They will take on in the first fixture of round five. They take on South Coast United at two thirty at Masso Park. On Saturday afternoon, United, like you're saying, look for their third league win on the bounce. Playing a relatively settled starting eleven has been a huge help for them with all the cup games and everything as well. But United, unfortunately, South Coast United, that is, have uh, the opposite problem. They've been hindered by some um, the lack of opportunity to play the same eleven through injuries. But South Coast tend to set up well against the uh, against the bigger clubs. Obviously, they got a draw against Olympic a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I think South Coast United will be quietly confident to get a result out of this one. Not to say that I believe Wollongong United are the are the overall favourites in this one. Obviously, league form would suggest, but I, th- I think, and it's as you mentioned earlier, Jared, the result they got against South Coast United got against Wollongong Olympic the nil all draw a few weeks back will give them confidence that they can um, go about this game in the similar sort of structure. Um, that's not to say I don't think United and Olympic are the same. I think they're two different sides, but South Coast United this season have been able to, they've shown they've been able to, in that Olympic game in particular, uh, set up a strong defensive structure and then hit very quickly on, on the counter-attack and not in a negative context. They do keep the ball very well uh, at times um, and their ability to punish teams for switching off at the back is, they've scored a number of goals this season. Obviously, uh, they have scored five goals already, which is pretty impressive for a team sitting on the foot of the ladder after four games. There's the major in, uh, the major <clears throat> issue for South Coast United would be the injury front. Obviously, they haven't had the they haven't had their strongest ex, uh, eleven uh, at their dis, at Greg Valich disposal the last few weeks. Uh, Jamie Wakeling made his re- full starting return last week uh, and obviously he makes a massive difference. Uh, pitcher his goal against the Albion Park White Eagles a couple of weeks ago was a deflection, but it was a classic. 30-yard long-range strike, so he can make uh, a massive difference in games like that. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, lightning-quick attackers in that side, so I think they'll be confident. In terms of Wollongong United, I think it's business as usual for them. They've uh, just got to play their own high-tempo game and and hopefully, um, you know, the players like Hikaru, like Mason Versi, we can make a massive difference. Uh, obviously, their wing backs get very high and wide in the uh, in their attacking plays. So, whether or not that causes problems for South Coast United, we'll have to wait and see. Bit interesting. South Coast usually set up well from the back, so we'll see how they go. Two thirty Masso Park on Saturday. Arvo, we've got Winner against Paul Kembla two thirty at Ocean Park on Saturday. Sharks have had two weeks off. They will be buzzing. They will fancy themselves as well against the youthful Paul Kembla side. But in that same breath. Paul Kemba with a confidence-boosting win and will want to keep the ball rolling. 
But it's been it'll be interesting because we're going to have it a couple of weeks off and maybe a little bit sluggish, but we'll just see what happens. It goes both ways, doesn't it? Like uh, you could say, obviously, Winona with a couple of washout weekends that they might start a little bit sluggish and a few passes might go astray early on. But in saying that, uh, there was a number of teams that missed a week last week and came out of the blocks firing. Um, for example, Port Kembler against White Eagles came out pretty pretty quick. Um, so it could go either way. I, I think that uh, it'll be a tight game. I, I actually can't. Well, I can pick it. I have tipped it, but I, I was struggling to to get a tip out of this game. Um, it's a probably a game that both teams can't afford to lose. I think in terms of if they if any if either of these teams want to push for any potential uh, finals contentions, obviously these teams are not favourites to be in the finals. But you never know. A few wins on the belt under the belt in this season, you never know. Um, it's massive ramifications, I think, uh, and both teams won't want to lose. Um, I am tipping Winuna in this one, but look, Paul Kembler should be very confident after the uh, week they've just had. Next fixture now, we've got uh, quite an interesting fixture this one. We've got Olympic going up against Cringilla Lions, 2.30pm at PCYC. First 35 minutes against Bore, Olympic was showing why they are the team to beat, or potentially the team to beat. They were very structured, albeit with a few changes to the lineup, with Ball Chino to left back, Carly to a right midfielder role. Dominated ball eye for that little bit, made them look quite average. But what was concerning was the second half performance. Didn't really trouble ball eye. That being said, ball eye kind of showed up at the races a little bit later, but they were finally back. Obviously, letting the goal in as soon as Keegan Matthias scored straight after would be frustrating for George Antonio. Game will be an interesting one though. The matchup between Keddy and Every against Peter Simonoski. Keddy and Every, arguably the best centre back pairing in the league. How do you reckon Simonoski will fare? Obviously. He's come up against the best in the state. Surely he'll he'll be fine against these two. Yeah, I think it's pretty. It, it's it's an arguable topic, but I think it's a true one that uh, Jack Keating and Mark Every are probably the best centre back pairing in the league. So to come up against probably arguably the best striker in the league in Peter Simonoski will be a very interesting uh, battle, I guess. And I, I think I can guess what Stuart Beattie's. Uh, Idea of a, idea of scoring goals will be will be getting the ball to Simonoski, um, and he can feed off off his uh, other striker Perez and obviously Toby Norville as well. It'll be very interesting. I I am genuinely intrigued by this one. I hope to get out to this game. Um, but like uh, yeah, I I think that uh, if they can if Keating and Every uh, at their at their best, they can uh, sort of negate. Uh, Simonoski and um, Olympic will get the win in this one. I think in terms of Cringilla getting anything out of this result, they probably need to stay in the contest. They need to make things hard for Olympic, obviously not let the ball get to the likes of James Carley, like you mentioned before. Um, John Martinoski, obviously, uh, uh, has a gower up top, uh, hasn't got going yet, so he could fire this weekend. Just got to make things hard for Olympic, play a, uh, not let them play a quick tempo. And I think that Cringilla will will take confidence in the fact, uh, obviously, Olympic, a couple of draws uh, against uh, well, Bulleye, obviously, and, and South Coast United a couple of weeks earlier. So, look, I think that Olympic will get up in this one, but it's probably going to be a very close game. Um, and obviously, the, the game being at uh, Olympic's home ground at PCYC always plays a difference in terms of teams being able to not do that much running in terms of defensive setup. So I think that's the way Cringilla may set up uh, in this one. So it'll be a very uh, intriguing clash. I think Olympic will get the win in this one, however. It, I can see Stuart B setting up Cringilla similar to how South Coast United set up a couple of weeks ago. Obviously strong defensively, not allowing Olympic to break through. And uh, but in, a goal. But in saying that, yeah, like, uh, Cringilla have a quality attack. So yeah. I, I'm sort of, I, I say that they're going to set up defensively, but under that same breath, I think we'll... Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll they'll be a little bit more adventurous and, and try and hurt Olympic because obviously uh, Olympic uh, conceding two second half goals obviously against a quality bull eye side last weekend. But why can't Cringilla do that? They've got some quality players, so yeah. uh, it'll be interesting. I'm genuinely intrigued by this one. Next one we've got Coniston and Balambi, three p.m. Probably the most intriguing fixture of the round. Both sides are relatively high up the table, but not many of them expected them to be there. Is that fair to say or? Based on preseason form, do they, they they strongly deserve to be there at the moment? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I I think the obviously the biggest shock out of the two is is probably Balambi, but in terms of preseason form, they definitely uh, proved that this is where they would be. But uh, if you asked uh, when they got promoted last season, if they'd be going as well, they'd be sitting second on the table at the moment. 
if you'd asked anyone that, they, they'd say you're crazy. So, But I think this one uh, will be a good match to watch, to be honest. I've said that about every game, but they're all good matches to watch. Um, look, this young Coniston side, they play some good football. In a sense, maybe a bit of naivety crept in uh, and was their undoing uh, last weekend. Um, and it may be their undoing, undoing in terms of finals football this season. But missing Kayano has been a bit of a hindrance, like I mentioned earlier. I believe he's back. Well, he back this has been confirmed. He's yet. back. He should be in contention for the starting eleven this weekend. So that might be a bit of a, a X factor, if you will, against Balambi. But in saying that, Balambi, a couple of weeks off from league action. Obviously, they had their they had a Burt Bampton Cup semi final loss to Wollongong United. I think that in this game, obviously, Coniston have conceded the most amount of goals this season uh, out of any team in the league. I think that the front three of Watts, Cuthbertson and Unicum yep. will, pace, be li- pace, pace. will be licking their lips. But in saying that, I I think Jeff Allport has shown in the past with his other sides that he can shore up a defence mm-hmm. when he needs to. So that's not to suggest Coniston are the worst uh, defensive team in the league. I don't think that at all. I, um, I think that they will improve in that department. Whether or not that happens this weekend, I'm not too sure. And I do think that not enough emphasis is put on Balambi's impressive defensive resilience. They've got a very good uh, core, I guess, a very good back line, um, a very good defensive midfield uh, setup, I guess, there. So I think whoever, whoever I get, I say whoever makes the least amount of mistakes this weekend will, will win, but that's most football games. But I, I, I'm intrigued by this one. I, I think it will be a draw, this one will finish. But... Uh, Look, I'll be interested to see how Coniston bounce back after a couple of disappointing results on their part. Yeah, look, I'm not too sure. Belimbi's always a couple of weeks off. Kind of, like you said, did have a couple of disappointing results. I still reckon Belimbi might get over the line here. I'm not too sure, but I guess time will tell come the weekend. Now, Sunday, we've got Connell against Albion Park. Two sides who, obviously, have the most approved in the league at the moment. They're obviously two, some of the, two of the best sides in the league on the paper. But they both have had very slow starts. I was just looking at Cornwall earlier. A draw, win, and a loss. And for Albion Park, it's, I believe, two losses, a win, and a draw. So, yeah, but quite slow. Very slow for the for the two sides at the moment. And with Van Elliott out for a few weeks, for Cornwall, obviously, he said was monitoring how he's feel. But a heel injury is tricky, especially in this game. So, be interesting. They were missing Nick Grosdenov as well, due to second yellow on the weekend against Wollongong United. So, Albany Park will be looking to expose some defensive frailties which Conwood showed against United. But in saying that, Robbie Janowski will certainly have attempted to rectify those errors and they'll be switched on come Sunday as well. Although, Albany Park are having similar issues with a couple of defensive lapses, cost them goals this season. Two sides who desperately need three points at the moment. Yeah, look, I I think both sides will, will be first to put their hand up that they're disappointed with their results so far this season. That's not to say... There's, there's been some impressive performances uh, by both sides. Uh, obviously, I mentioned earlier that Coromel played some very good stuff against Wollongong United and they're unlucky not to score a few goals themselves. But, uh, look, a couple of defensive mistakes, I guess, for both sides have, have cost them a few goals in the last couple of weeks. So, so I think that they'll be both sides will be attempting to rectify these. I... I think whoever wins this one, it's a big statement. I think that they're especially in a league where it's an eleven-game season, it's halved, and you don't get to play each other twice. I think if you win this in this particular fixture, if you win this one, it goes a long way to being on top of the team you've just beaten. So, look, I think I, I can't split the set the te- the teams in this one. I think it'll be a draw, but. I do think it's going to be a pretty enter- a pretty entertaining. I've only picked two this week. Have you? Yeah, oh, that was better than last week. I think I picked about four and yeah. didn't get many right. It, but it, it, I've said it, I've said it a thousand times. And I sound like a broken record, but this comp is harder to pick than a broken nose. It's immensely hard to pick. It's a tip of winner in this one. Like, what are you saying? Out of my tips that I did last week on the pod, I think I've got like one right or something like that out of five. Well, you're not, not doing, disappointing. You're not doing very well in the IPL tipping comp. Uh, but uh, neither am I, to be fair. So, look. I don't think anyone's doing well. No, no, I don't think so either. You are doing well. But uh, no, very hard to pick this one. I do think that uh, it will be a draw in this one again. And we'll move on now. That is round five. Quinjilla against Bullard in the Bampton Cup on Tuesday night. Bullard got up two goals to nil. Obviously, Bullard showing their class, particularly in the first half. 
Race that to a quick 2-0 goal lead. Cooney fought their way back into the contest in the second half, but unfortunately for them, the damage was done. We've got Wollongong United and Bullock in the final. Huge clash. Someday the sixth of September at this stage. Yeah, heavy, uh, uh, heavyweight clash for sure, probably. Um, there was a number, we mentioned this before, in the semi-finals, we obviously had United, Bulleye, uh, Balambi and Cringilla. So there was a number of good stories to come out of this one as a, from a journalist point of view to see whichever game would, would eventuate in the final. Uh, these two sides are probably two of the form, probably other two form, form teams in, in the league. Obviously, as other teams, Balambi, IE, have an argument for that. But look, I, I think that uh, it's probably the, the best footballing clash we we're going to get. Um, in in terms of high intensity, uh, high quality. So look, I'll be interested to see. Oh, be interested to see where this game is played. At, in fact, and what date mm. it's played. To be honest, uh, but look, very uh, intriguing Burt Bampton Cup final that we have on our hands here. And not many people mention it, but Bulleye has a chance to go back to back in the Burt Bampton Cup two years in a row. They went up, got up to uh, can't remember the score, but they got up against Olympic Olympic last, last season. Obviously, they. Ha- won the Burt Bampton Cup last season after a pretty poor uh, league season. So this is a bit of a different situation. If they keep the results up, they'll be having a, a fight for a top two spot and uh, have a Burt Bampton Cup final to potentially win. So it's uh, they'll be looking to go back-to-back in this one and, and back it up with uh, quality league form. Looking forward to it. Plenty of things to look forward to in the local game. We've got some rescheduled fixtures, obviously, to be played before we talk to you guys next. Next week, of course. We've got Tuesday, 25th of August, Cooney. This is, these are, of course, a league makeup fixtures from the washouts. We've got Cooney against Balambi, 8 p.m. Tuesday, the 25th. We've got Tuesday, 25th again. We've got Wollongong United against Wununa, 8 p.m. On the Wednesday, the 26th, we've got three games on that night. We've got Bulloa going up against Paul Campbell at 8 p.m. Coniston against Tarawana at 8 p.m. And Olympic going up against Connell at 8.15 p.m. at Ian McLennan Park on Wednesday, 26th of August. We have previewed these games a couple weeks before. Don't exactly need to preview them. We all these know, are, these we are, all know the faces. These are, of course, the rescheduled fixtures from the washout round. The uh, round three, it would have been. So, yeah. um, obviously, Football South Coast trying their hardest to get these uh, well, these rescheduled games back on track. And obviously, they've got to reschedule another one. Um, Balambi and Wanuna on the weekend. So, tough work for FSC. And we got some a couple of talking points out of the first four rounds of the competition. Obviously, the competitiveness of these fixtures. No one has taken the mickey. And a prime example of that was Wollongong and Lincoln against Bulleye on the weekend. Some have tipped it to be a grand final preview. Some haven't. But the game was extremely retense. A lot riding on the fixture. Perhaps, perhaps even more so that teams play each other once. Every result is crucial. And we've said this several times before. But, yeah. yeah the look, quality hasn't decreased at all. Yeah, look, that not at all. That, that game... Bulleye versus Wollongong Olympic at Balls Paddock on uh, the Saturday just gone. Obviously finishing to all uh, was a was a quality fixture and it, it was one of those ones that you, you actually couldn't take your eyes off and I was it, everyone in the ground was enthralled in the action in the action on the field and obviously Olympic uh, threatened to run away with it for a second there with two goals and but Bull, mm. in saying that Bulleye never looked like they were out of the contest and to be fair to them they. They hit back straight away. Um, Luke Van Zor with a with a quality strike outside the box, and then um, Ben McDonald coming up with the second, coming up with Bulleye's second in the second half. It was an extremely intense game, and there was a lot riding on the fixture. Obviously, both these sides will be looking to to finish in the top two. Look, yeah, a draw in this one was a fair result. I was I was uh, attended this game with Dylan Arvella from the IPL Informer. Uh, I was saying to him that that how crucial this game was and. And what a quality game it was, and it was a good advertisement for IPL football. Um, it was a not a not a niggly game, but there was a lot of you know a lot of like niggly tension. a lot of tension, yeah. a lot of niggly fouls. Uh, obviously, both coaches were very passionate. The fans were very passionate. We were sitting next to some pretty uh, loud Bulleye supporters um, that were that were. Uh, there were some vocal South Coast United supporters on the weekend as well. There's there's yeah. some good there's some. So it's just not it's not just one club it's not just a couple of clubs it's a majority of clubs as well. That's right. That's that's what we uh that's what we like in football. We have uh, quality we like quality uh fan bases. So look, it was a a good advertisement for IPL football. I feel on the weekend. And you put down a couple of surprises from the first four rounds. Obviously, like we said, who's going to win the league? No one can tell at the moment. I reckon even the teams could tell. But you put down here, Balambi shocking people. Is Balambi shocking people anymore? Or is, is starting to 
form a perception of the new Bulambi in the in the modern day IPL competition. I think they are shocking people in the sense that they haven't performed in the IPL for a number for a number of seasons. Um, so in that sense, being second on the table, having very impressive pre-season and Burt Bampton Cup form is is impressing people. But in saying that, the squad they've built, we probably shouldn't be shocked anymore. They've got some quality players. I've mentioned them numerous times. I, I don't need to mention them again. But um, obviously, if they keep up a few a few more wins, there obviously you don't with an eleven game season. You probably only need six or seven, five, six, seven wins and you're in the finals. So they're well on their way to doing that. Obviously, they've only played two games so far. But, look, everything's looking up. And I think the way that uh, Andrew Payne has, has set up his side is, is admirable. He's not uh, resting on his laurels. He's, he's going at teams. Not only are they second on the table, but they've got a game in hand on Buller, who's just one point ahead of them. So if they win their make-up game against winning the Sharks, they'll be outright top of the league, which is extraordinary considering they haven't... They haven't exactly been a strong heavyweight side in the IPL for a number of years, mm. but I've heard stories of the Balambis of the 70s, the 80s. They were probably the strongest. They were the powerhouse of the league for a long time, so it's good to see them back on the top of the IPL. Can they stay there? Let's find out, I guess. Moving on, next one as well, Olympic. Look, Olympic haven't been bad at all. They had that really good result against United, but they do have two draws, and that is kind of like a roadblock a little bit to their title hopes. And Wollongong United as well. Everyone can lose everyone, can lose everyone like you said. Wollongong United haven't gone without a loss. They Obviously, they did go down to Olympic. Everyone can lose to anyone, and that's been proven in the first four rounds as well. So, But the most interesting point out of the points that you've jotted down is teams with the most consistent starting elements will do well this season. Examples like Alvin Park and South Coast United not being able to field consistent sides, suffering a little bit because of that. Yeah, look, I think it's been shown. Obviously, we use the example of Wollongong United have been able to field a relatively consistent eleven. Obviously, with a couple of changes here and there, that's normal in any football side. But I think there's teams like Alvin Park White Eagles, for example. They they they've sort of been making a few changes. Um, for, obviously forced and and South Coast United have had their injury problems, so they haven't been able. Those two sides haven't been able to field consistent sides, which is probably hindering a bit of cohesion within the within the sides. Obviously, you train together, but you need a few games together with the same squad, a few competitive fixtures with the same squad to get things going, to get the ball rolling, so to speak. So I think that maybe perhaps the key to this season is to winning this league or making finals football is to have that consistent uh, squad, which is... Probably the key to any league or any sport in the world to have a consistent squad, but to build some cohesion. But uh, it was just a point that I sort of have been noticing in the opening four uh, rounds of the IPL. And we're moving on now to NPL Corner, following from Illawarra 360. And we'll start with a bit of a milestone. Congratulations. One want to say well done to Matty White and Matty Mazewski. Whitey recently notched up 50 games for the South Coast Flame, obviously. He's been the club captain since its inception in late 2017, early 2018. And this weekend, Matty Mazewski will notch up his 50th appearance for the club against Parramatta Melita Eagles. Whitey has not already notched up his 50th. I can't recall a game that Matt White has missed, or a league game at least, which is just a testament to his commitment to the club. He's There was an article written about them by Josh Bartlett during the week, which is, which is uh, quite special considering they are only a young club. And look, that's uh, what Whitey said getting the 50 games. He feels very privileged to be able to play that many games for the club. And to be the captain since the birth is uh, quite an honour, he said. So kudos to them. They seem like they're building a nice little culture there. And they have had about four, four or three clean sheets in a row. But I haven't conceded a goal since uh, Well, they haven't Well, they haven't conceded a goal since the restart. So I was just going to uh, butt in there that yeah. in particular to Matt White, obviously the club captain and goalkeeper, it's a credit to him. It's a credit to the defence in front of him. It's a credit to the whole team that they haven't conceded this season yet. And obviously, um, there's been some games where they haven't set the world a lot. Haven't set, haven't been too spectacular. Obviously, a couple of uh, a couple of draws. But look, the game against uh, Western in particular was an impressive away victory. And obviously, they got a win against Granville a couple of uh, weeks earlier. Um, so look. Congratulations to both uh, Matt White and Matt Mazeski, and obviously a point with Matt Mazeski. He's he's been, only twenty three, and he's not shot fifty games for them already. He's I believe one of the most experienced. I players. believe Mazeski's been there since the club's inception. He too. has as well. Yeah. Yes, yes. So he obviously uh, was 
in the in a lot of Wolves juniors teams and and played first grade football under Peter Willis at Tarawana. So for him to get 49 games, 50 approaching this weekend for the South Coast Flame is a testament to him. And at, you mentioned before, just 23 years old, he's probably one of the, or if not the key, sort of clog in the creative uh, setup, I yeah, guess. At the, he's at probably the Flame. one of the most creative players in their lineup. And just an interesting point, obviously we touched on the clean sheets and against some solid results. If they can build on that this year, obviously there's no promotion relegation in NPL 4. Next year, there's a good chance they could be fighting for promotion. So, it seemed like they're building something quite quite good over there. So, well done to the Flame. Moving on now, as we've unfortunately, the uh, Wollongong Wolves went down on the weekend, 1-0 to Marconi Stallions. I, I, they were out-muscled to an extent. Obviously, Karami did an article on them as well, saying they were a little bit out-muscled. Marconi are physical. But well, these when well, after the Wolves obviously got a big win against Arpia the week before, they can't be afforded to suffer in one 0 losses like this. No, it'd be very disappointing for for Luke Wilkshire's side, and, and he, he mentioned uh, after the game that they were probably uh, muscled off the ball, so to speak. That he suggested that maybe there was a couple of people that weren't up for the game, which is no excuse, obviously, but and obviously punished by a defensive mishap late on in the game. So. Be very disappointed, especially after their four-one victory over Arpia the week before, and considering this game was at uh, their home ground for this season, uh, Albert Butler Memorial Park, it will be very, very disappointing. Um, not to say that Marconi aren't a quality side; they've uh, been playing quite well. I believe they beat Arpia. Mar- uh, Marconi did. Oh, I believe they did in round one. Yeah. So it's not to say they're not a, a quality side, but uh, look, yeah, it's um, quite disappointing. It's their first loss after the. COVID restart uh, for the Wolves. Um, look, yeah, look. Uh, obviously, they want to back, bounce back this weekend. Um, right, that wrong, so to speak. A key phrase from Luke Wilkshire: "We weren't ruthless enough," which is something that he'll be looking to amend quite quickly as well before this weekend. And in stark contrast, we've had the Illawarra Stingrays notch up their first win of the season: three-one over. Mark Arthur Rams, Michelle Cardi, a double free kick. Have you seen those two free kicks? They're in the NPL highlights, goals of the week, and they were two sublime free kicks. Well done to them. They do have a favourable draw this weekend against Bankstown City, who's been struggling big time. They've suffered some huge losses and are at the foot of the table. It is must-win again for the Stingrays. However, based on form, I reckon, from my perspective, it should be a comfortable Stingrays win on the weekend. Yeah, look, I just wanted to mention the, the game. Uh, from this weekend, uh, obviously Bruce Tilt would have been stoked with that result, and he was he was very happy with the attacking, the all-out attack that they approached this game with, and it worked for them. and 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 he would be stoked that they finally got their first win of the season. Yeah. Obviously, a couple of results he would have been annoyed about, but um, obviously didn't have Caitlin Cooper in this match. Uh, used their their wingers Chloe Middleton and Bronte True had a quality game by all accounts, and obviously. Michelle scoring a couple of free kicks, and you can't cannot doubt her quality. Um, so look, I, I think obviously this weekend, though anything less than a win will be disappointing, and I, I think that this might might be the the ball rolling, so to speak, for the Stingrays and and for Illawarra, the Illawarra Stingrays fans, they would hope so. Moving on to the next one now, we've we touched on the flame in their two pair getting fifty games up earlier, but they do face Parramatta this weekend. We'll just do a quick little preview for that. Like we said, they haven't seen the goal since the restart, despite having to shuffle the team around due to injuries and suspensions. The only concern would be drawing games they would have to win. Obviously, they're the, not their most fluent performance on the weekend in the new all draw with Hurstville, Zagreb FC. Would disappoint the team, but they do face Parramatta this weekend, who defeated the Flame quite comfortably pre-lockdown. Let's see how much times have changed. Parramatta are known as a strong and physical team. Can the Flame get a result? Yeah, they've shown that they can definitely hold out uh, defensive, or they can be they can hold out attacks with their defensive prowess. I guess, but I definitely think they can win this game. That I think the the thing with the flame is the they do have a young side, and inconsistencies can potentially creep in in young sides. I, I haven't seen it yet, and I hope uh, it doesn't happen in the flame. But um, obviously, these are games that they they need to win, and the, you alluded to the preseason result. I think preseason's a bit a bit hard to read too much into. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, four four games and and zero goals conceded. That's pretty impressive. You can't ask for much more than that. Obviously, they probably would have liked to have four wins, but in saying that, they're they're uh, obviously playing some good stuff. And and look, they seem to be 
very, very settled in terms of the, the 11 has not really changed that much, so they're getting a lot of fluidity in their side. So, look, I think that they uh, can definitely beat Parramatta this weekend. And there's the old saying, if you don't concede a goal, you don't lose the game. So that seems to be the Flames' motto uh, since the restart of the NPL 4 competition. Finally, in the Oz football chat, Robbie Fowler and the Raw having a little bit of a fiasco at the moment. And, of course, Thomas James being kept by Perth Glory at the moment. Now, you've got a little bit of an insight to that. Do we put this on the NPL coin? Do we put this on Oz Football Chat? At the moment, we can technically put it on Oz Football Chat, this Thomas James scenario. I'll let you explain a little bit further about that because this is not quite well known at the moment. Well, there was a... It's not... not uh, I'm purely just uh, reading articles here, but there's a bit of a... Obviously, Thomas James moving to Perth Glory uh, a couple of weeks ago, obviously, to get some game time, but hasn't eventuated as of yet. So the Wollongong Wolves obviously looking to retrieve their their uh, English striker. Um, there's the Perth signed him on a six week contract. Obviously, he's only been there since mid July. Look, with the obviously Perth will miss it, were signed James because of a number of players they lost due to the COVID restart. Obviously, the most notable was their captain in Diego Castro, but Perth Glory haven't been playing that well, and their results haven't suggested any otherwise in terms of uh, impressiveness in the in the A-League and obviously they've a sort of limped to the final so to speak but ja- well, uh, Thomas James would ob- obvious, has obviously uh, wanted to move back to Wollongong to play regular football with, with the Wolves but uh, uh, by all accounts the A-League club has uh, informed the NPL side that they, they want to keep Thomas James and he won't be released with an early from his contract any earlier than expected, so it's a massive loss for well, it's a massive disappointment to Luke Wilkshire and the Wolves. But uh, look, it seems like at the moment they might have to be without Thomas James for the next couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, very uh, very interesting situation brewing in uh, that uh, contract debacle. That is the podcast episode for this week. What episode are we up to now? Twenty three. Twenty three. We're flying Gosh, through it. Time flies when you're in the middle of a global pandemic. Thanks for listening to us. Be sure to go catch a game locally or on TV on the weekend. And we'll be sure to see you guys next week.